0: Before we get into it, let's just talk about this. Um, Now, again, I'm operating on this. This is all alleged. There's nothing. I haven't seen anything to prove that it actually happened. But I want to ask you about where do you stand on the fact that allegedly Joe Burrows told the Bengals in not so many words, I'd really like it if you guys went out and kept A.J. Green, like already telling the team what he wants them to do before he's even officially on this team
1: i i'm okay with that That I'd, I'd have some demands too if you were telling me i had to go to cincinnati let's be honest here move,
0: move the team out of cincinnati would be my first demand but yeah I that, understand that would that. be nice
1: that would be step one step two maybe change those god awful jerseys that's the demand he <laughs> should be making but i mean it it makes sense it's gonna get a lot of bad light because it's Looks like, hey, another college diva guy. But, like, on the scale of, like, Eli Manning, I won't come play for you, to Tim Tebow, I will pray for you. <laughs> um, he's a lot closer to Tebow than he is to Diva Eli on this scale. This is this doesn't bother me too much.
0: See, it, it, it I, I, yeah, I guess in, in a way it, it shouldn't bother me as much as it does, and I agree with you. First, te- first thing I'm demanding is move the team out of Cincinnati. Second is, yeah, I'd be okay if you, you messed up with the jerseys and changed them a little bit. But if you're a, and I get in a way you have a, a certain amount of leverage, but at, at this point you're not even, you haven't even been drafted yet. Like, I guess wait until they actually put your name on a card and submit it, then have something to say.
1: Before at that you, point he has no leverage. I mean, he has very little now but at least he can be like, well, you know, it'd be real nice. You're in that early stage of the relationship, right, where you can do things like, no, babe, I'll put away all the dishes. It's cool. It's cool. But, like, on the inside, you're dying.
0: Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I know that. I've experienced that. Yep, I,
1: yeah, that that didn't feel real or anything.
0: Um, But, no, but I'm just – I think it's weird, like, at the end of the day, like, you're – it would be like me calling Steve Iserman and going – really think you should look at uh extending mantha i really think you should do that i have no leverage toward this team all i am is someone who's not even associated with you at this particular moment but i'm calling and telling the front office of this team who in a couple in like a month and a half will now be your bosses not your co-workers your bosses tell you what do me a favor call tomorrow when you get into work call up to management actually you know what just ask for mr ford directly and tell him really we wanted to get hey, rid of I this sed- yeah. can we talk to I, really we wanted to get rid of the sedan that's what we thought was a oh. smart move i just i would love to see how that works out because i know how it would work out here my boss is 200 yards away from or 200 feet away from me right now any uh, any advice i give him he's gonna laugh and tell me to get back to work
1: well, and, and that's probably the appropriate response. Football is not the real world. Football is some bozo land where we hand a 20-year-old kid millions and millions of dollars and the keys to the franchise. Like, yeah. There's also the side of it that since he if he made this, Claim can just go, yeah, okay, kid, sure. <laughs> and they don't have to do anything with it. They could give that exact response. And, oh, well. Uh, but, but also, like, hey, water's wet and having good players is good. So it kind of makes sense for both parties to try and keep A.J. Green.
0: Well, you know what, Cincinnati? You enjoy Joe Burrows and his baby hands. He hasn't even played in this league yet, <laughs> and I already have a problem with him. It's ridiculous.
1: It yeah, is can ridiculous. Can he hold the responsibility of making these demands? I mean, with those baby hands? The Stats. The salt, the sanity, and every so often they talk about sports too. Here is Eric Dorsch and Russ Ivanek.
0: This is Armchair Sports Talk. Threw a case of beer up on the counter at a Circle K, then I became David Ashley Parker from Powder Springs, November twenty-seven, turning twenty-three, five foot nine. All right, well, that was the intro. You know who we are. Uh, unfortunately, one man down this week, Justin decided to take a little family vacation, go have a good time in Disney World. He, uh, I don't know. You think he's gotten tossed out of a theme park yet? I could see it happening.
1: No, not not yet. I think he's, he's waiting. Right? He's planning this out. It, it, it might happen, but it's going to be right at the end, maybe when he's had enough of being with the family and he wants to just hit the bar. I'm going to get my ass kicked out. He, he's seen guys get game misconduct. He knows how it works.
0: She's gonna body check Goofy in the middle of the the park when he's ready to get oh. out of there. Just old, go old school Bertuzzi on him and just make sure he uh, you know he doesn't get up from it. Ooh,
1: oh, that was, that had to be Goofy too. Yeah, is, was he was a single father. He put his kid through college and at least take out Mickey. That guy can take it.
0: <laughs> All I hear in my head is Justin doing his Mickey Mouse impression while you're talking about Mickey. Oh, uh, but even j- better. Jay, we miss you. Obviously, we uh, we got some notes from Jay. Not a town this week, obviously, because he is in Florida with his family doing his thing. Didn't want to bug him too much. But Russ put together a nice topic for later in the show. We had to get Justin's opinion on that. Of course, Justin gave us his play of the week. If I remember correctly, we have no game of the week from Justin, so we'll. He might he might be uh, dealing with like high school gymnastics this week for his game of the week. We haven't decided yet. Um, but Russ, before we get too uh, ahead of ourselves. There is a topic I want to talk about because it's been all over sports radio, sports media for the last week or two. And we were talking about before the show with the rise of Zion becomes, he now is in that conversation for where does he rank in the league among young players? Where does he rank in the league among players in general? Obviously you have Giannis, you have LeBron, you have Kawhi, you have uh, Luca. There's all these guys that are very, very good and everybody wants to know where Zion ranks in that. And that's one thing. But I heard this last week, and I I don't think it's the right time to start it. I think you got to give him a little bit more time to play before you can just jump into it. But a lot of people, Russ, are comparing Zion's rookie season as it is, like you said, only 17 games in, to LeBron James' rookie season in Cleveland. And I don't know about you. I think it's absolutely preposterous.
1: Well, they had one thing very important in common, and we cannot deny this link. Um, they were both 19 years old.. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I mean that's, that's it. That's kind of where it ends. Yes, they're both physically dominating uh, players attacking different ways though. Um, yes, came in. Zion, Zion is now weight-wise, about what LeBron is now. LeBron was a lot more stealth back then mm-hmm. uh, and played a whole lot more. I mean, we're not even talking about just the 17 games as opposed to LeBron's 79 in his rookie season. We're also talking about minutes per game. LeBron in his rookie season averaged 39 and a half minutes per game, and he, he only played three games with less than 30 minutes. Half of Zion's 17 games have been less than 30 minutes, and he averages 29.5 minutes per game. Zion has been more efficient. Yes, he's scoring at a higher clip per minute. He's getting more assists, getting more rebounds straight out. But he's less of a percentage of his team points. He actually has players to play with, which um, a young Carlos Boozer and Zidrunas was all LeBron had. um, And he was almost a quarter of his team's points per game. It's different. The context is different. The sample size is different. It's we're amazed with the bright, shiny new toy, and that's why people think it's
0: comparable. Well, and I get it. It's sports. The second someone comes on the scene, we have to talk about them. It has to immediately yep. be brought up. We've got to compare them. It doesn't matter if this person is going to be in the league for 15 years or 15 minutes. They have to be compared. You're, it's your moment in the sun. Let's make it happen. Obviously, with Zion, it's been a little more built up. We saw him in high school. I think social media being what it is now has made it so these guys are on our radar a lot earlier social media didn't exist when LeBron came out in 2003 I mean MySpace would have been what we had to watch LeBron highlights on and that wasn't going to happen nowadays you you unlock your phone and the first thing you see is some big high school crazy football player hockey play or basketball play because we have that access and so we've known about Zion since he was you know 16 you know 15 16 years old obviously had the year at Duke now he's you know now he's here and doing what he's doing I think it's like like you said, it's it's there's there's not enough there to compare. Zion's been doing this for like fifteen minutes. LeBron's been doing this for fifteen years. We saw LeBron's full rookie season and I'm looking at the numbers right now. He averaged for a season in seventy nine games, twenty one points. I mean, this this guy had a, a really good rookie year, all all things considered. Zion is on pace to have a great second half of a rookie year, but I would say right now, if you really want to start comparing him, compare him to the other rookie who's doing really well this year, and that's John Morant. That's the guy you compare him to. You don't compare him to an all-time great. He doesn't walk into the gym and the first thing you say is, ooh, I wonder if this guy's as good as Michael Jordan. I can answer that question for you right now. No. No, he's not. Not yet. Now, the second half of the question is, Russ, from, and again, we're, we're looking at a small sample size. From the small sample size. Let's make a, a crazy assumption that Zion can make it in this league for 10 years, saying he at, can maybe play 50 to 60 games a year. I, I assume this guy's going to have injury problems throughout. You're not 19 and this banged up and already on load management if there's not something they're worried about down the hall. So I'll say 60 games. He's going to miss some time here and there. He'll get load management. He'll get rest. From what you're seeing, assuming everything can stay relatively the same, is this a guy that 10 years from now are we going to be able to talk about him in the context of LeBron, of Giannis, of these guys, and actually have it hold up?
1: So I think it's the answer is yes, but in a different way. Um, similar to how and, – and I'm not putting him in this area yet. Okay. But similar to how we looked at LeBron and Kobe – Mm-hmm. And we're like, yes, they can be the flagship of the league. But they attack in different ways. Like, LeBron's more of a facilitator. He worked down low more. Not necessarily all, but Kobe, right? More of a cutter, more of a shooter, more of a just deadly instinct kind of guy. Yep. They attack in different ways. And LeBron and Zion are going to attack in different ways. Uh, just, I mean, just looking at three-point shooting, Somehow, Zion is over 40% from three, astoundingly. But his assists and rebound numbers kind of flip with LeBron. He's not as much a facilitator. He's far more of a rebounder. This is going to be something that, yeah, I think 10 years from now, barring catastrophic um, injury, which when you're 285 and you're jumping like that, I don't know, a thigh muscle could go off into orbit at any moment. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's how physics works. Um, but barring anything like that Yeah, I think he's going to be One of the five players that you talk about In the league And you can pencil it in right now He's, he's going to be must-see TV And it's going to be interesting uh, I don't know that he's ever going to catch The Greek freak though uh, Giannis is just a little He's a little too everything For, for anybody else
0: Okay, now and not to make this sound like this is a one-sided interview, I have an opinion, but I'm just curious. Yeah, and, and add,
1: please to, tell me. Yeah,
0: I would love to. But to add that last little part, and then I, I will share my opinion, I want to ask yeah. you, are we maybe looking at the wrong guys to compare him to?
1: Yes. That, I think you hit it right on the nail there.
0: Are we? Because he's too small to compare to Shaq. Because Shaq's a guy I would yeah. probably compare him to for the fact that he's He's the only other guy I've seen that's that tenacious down low, had that leaping ability to get, I mean, obviously Shaq's two, so he didn't have to leap much, but even then Shaq could still do it. I, mean, I guess the way to ask him is, or the way to say it is, I feel like we're the problem with Zion is his playing style fits young Dwight Howard or Shaq, but the problem is his body size puts him in that category of LeBron or, you know, guys of that nature like Kawhi who are six six, six seven. But the problem is Zion's what he does on the floor doesn't compare, so we're kinda in that awkward thing of he's never gonna be as agile and have the same box score as LeBron. But if you looked at if you put him up against big time centers and power forwards we've seen over the years, his box scores are probably relatively close. Oh
1: absolutely he he's in that echelon of of athleticism, that, that's that's why we're making the comparable because he is kind of a unicorn. Like he's six six, but jumps like that. Mm-hmm. He's that thick, but moves like that. Right, and like I mentioned earlier, he can shoot from three, which automatically disqualifies any Shaq comparisons. Yes. So, yeah, it's I'll have to do some hunting on a on a comparison, but I think you're dead on there. Um, comparing him to LeBron might not be the correct. Uh, comparison did did you have anyone more specific I was, in mind I, 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 I mean, you threw a lot of guys out there yeah as
0: you were as you were talking I, I was I was trying to, to scan through people I've seen over the years but the, the problem is I and that's the thing he's a unicorn so really whoever I name is only going to be for pieces like a lot of uh-huh. people don't realize up until about four years ago I'll say four it's probably a, a rougher guess Zion was a point guard Zion yeah, played somehow. point guard well, because he didn't have—he had a growth spurt. Like he was—he yep. he, was—he was a normal size. Uh, normal size in the fact that I think he was probably like five eleven. Or I was like, say, yeah, he was
1: <laughs> probably he, came out of the womb four foot two.
0: Yeah, he wasn't. Like, I'm not saying like he went from being four like f- Justin's height to all of a sudden he was six six. But I'm just saying like he he had a growth spurt. So they like they they went from having a kid who had raw talent, but he didn't necessarily have the frame to all of a sudden the frame caught up with him, and then they're like, well. You're six six two eighty. You can't play point guard anymore. We kind of need you to be in other spots. So, but no, I, I really I really was trying to think through it, and my my brain's going a mile a minute to scan everybody that we've seen over there, and I, I can't. I mean, the the closest one I could say, and this is doing a disservice to him, is maybe like a Chris Weber out of high school, that kind of guy who was just he was a different kind of athlete. But the problem is. I would call Zion a far more superior athlete than Chris Webber, so yeah, it, it, it is. It's the weird. hype
1: that least sticks though.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying though. Um, the the th- that's the problem. I, I feel like the most comparable person is Shaq, but like you said, the three pointer eliminates Shaq. But that's what I'm saying is like you could you could pick any different thing he does in one way, and that's the thing. He really might be one of those guys like Giannis. And like LeBron, just for the fact that he's complete, every part of the game he appears to have the ability to do. Is he going to be the best in the league at it? No. Just like I think you can, we think we could probably say, is LeBron the best three-point shooter in the league? Absolutely not. No. Is he the best passer in the league? He's a great passer. I wouldn't call him the best passer in the league. So, and it's the same with Giannis. Giannis is. Giannis is more the like the the physicality of him, the size, the fact that he's seven feet tall and can do what he can do. But I wouldn't call Giannis the best at everything that he does. So I think that's why we have to kind of look at Zion. He's a he's a unicorn in the way that he literally is one of those players you can stick at any position and you don't feel like you're losing something. So it's just well, I, it's weird for that aspect.
1: It is. I've I've got an idea. Okay. I'm not sure it's 100% a fit, but I, I, I'm getting there close. was so the same height, kind of a, I'll just come up with it. Charles Barkley comes to mind. Maybe a more athletic Chuck. He, he
0: has actually been compared to Charles Barkley a lot
1: lately. Oh, and well, then no, 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 cold, no, that's freezing a good, cold late takes brought to you now. No,
0: no, no, but that's great because, honestly, that's someone that I should have thought of immediately, and I it, it just didn't come to me, but. He is actually a Charles Barkley like that's coming out of college and all that when they threw like they like for all all different sports they like to throw names in there for like who you can compare him to and a lot mm-hmm. of Zion was Charles Barkley for the fact that he is he's a down low guy he can shoot for, he can do Charles was never really a big three point shooter but he was he's oh. down low guy he was you're, you're getting tenacious rebounding he's gonna defend the paint obviously we, as we've seen him block basketballs like they're volleyballs. Uh, and so Charles Barkley is a great comparison. The, the, the big issue is I think if you're going to start naming people, Charles Barkley's just too far down the list of all-time greats to where if you're saying, I'd say Zion's like a Charles. Well, there's just so many people in front of him that it's like you're really kind of you're, you're really kind of setting Zion back of he's not comparable to this guy, this guy, or this guy. So, therefore, how do you keep him – at the front of the list. But I, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, Charles is one I'm of the 50 sure. greatest players of all time. I, I, I will, I agree with you on that. It's just, it really is. It's one of those things where when, when LeBron came out, LeBron was a unicorn. There were no small forwards that moved like a guard no, and could like do you. all this. And then, you know, Giannis came along. There And I, I you, the weird thing is, I, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just the fact that he hasn't played this year. No one, I'm not, we're, we're kind of skipping over what KD is. Kevin Durant is a generational player, but Kevin Durant also weighs less than my sister, and my sister's five feet tall. So it's just he doesn't have the physicality, but there's those guys. There were no seven-footers that could shoot three-pointers like a shooting guard like Kevin Durant was. There was no seven-foot uh, small forward or power forward. I don't know what Giannis plays. I think he's a small forward and a power forward for this team. He
1: plays winning.
0: He plays winning, yeah. Victory position. There's just, there was nobody like that. So I think that's where we're running into this big thing. We have this big rolodex of historical players like Wilt and Bill Russell and all that, but the problem is, to us, they were the be- like they they are the the mold. But at one point, they were the new generation of things we hadn't seen before. We're just in this generation where we're seeing new things that we're not necessarily used to, and it's really really hard to define them. At least with like Kobe and LeBron, or, I mean Kobe and Michael Jordan, you can make the comparison. Both were 6'6", both were shooting guards, both played similar styles. So it was easy to have the conversation. There's never been another LeBron, so there's no one to mark him up to. There's Mm probably, like you said, and I agree with you, there's never going to be another Giannis. So it's hard to mark him up to someone. It's just It really makes that conversation of how do we compare you two? Well, we can try, but the problem is you run into that argument of if you try to present to me why LeBron's better, then I start going, well, Zion's a better shooter. Doesn't that mean he's better? No, it just means he can do one thing better than the other guy can't. It, it, comparing two players is almost pointless because there's no real one way to prove one's better than the other unless it's blaringly obvious.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Comparing two players and saying which one's better is, is a futile exercise? Uh-oh. I better go tell Twitter.
0: They're wasting a lot of time. They're wasting a lot. And don't get me wrong. We're in this industry, so we're going to do it. I'm not saying that we're wasting our time doing it. I'm just saying that it would be, honestly, just because this is a little more your wheelhouse as well, and I, I feel I can speak intelligently on it. It would be like me sitting you down and looking you in the face and going, okay, why is Wayne Gretzky better than Gordie Howe?
1: First off, I'd say wash your damn mouth out for saying that.
0: Well, you know what I mean? I'm talking (laughs) about the general consensus. Oh, no, no. I I get it. I get it. It's the same as we had the Sydney and Ovi. What flavor ice cream do you prefer? Yeah. But it's not even that. People will always go, okay, well, he's got more goals. That's fantastic. He was a better scorer. Hockey is about scoring, but you have to be able to do other things. I would argue Gordie Howe was the more complete player. Mm Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky could not play all four all the positions. Wayne Gretzky, you couldn't I mean, he probably could, but he wouldn't have been Wayne Gretzky if he had did that. You you it's that it's that thing I said earlier about moving someone to another position and you don't feel like you're losing something. Whereas with Gordy, Gordy was physical enough. He could have gone back and played defense. He would have been a. a, a he would have pushed the puck as, on, as a defenseman. But he at least could have played defense. He's physical. He would have made it very hard for you to get to the net. He could. I mean, I I, I believe Gordy was a winger, wasn't he? Yep. Okay. He probably could have played center. I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh he could. yeah. Gordy was one of those guys. I don't feel like Wayne could have. Now on the other thing though, Wayne Gretzky has the stats that you have to kind of go. Oh well, he was just that much better he also played in a little you know he played a different style of game and he had people looking out for him so he didn't get killed Wayne Gretzky was his own looking out for he didn't need anyone else he had people doing it but he didn't need anyone to do it for him if he didn't want if they didn't want to so it's just that it's hard to have the comparison because there's really no wrong answer that I'm going to give you but there's an argument all the same
1: there's no wrong answer until you take it to social media then every answer is wrong
0: well, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I can't disagree with you on that. I really can't. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. So, I mean, we let out trying to figure out how to compare them for the rookie years. I don't think it's possible, but I also don't think it's possible to really compare them. They have similarities, but there's just so much different between these two. And obviously, we have to see, like, we've seen 15 years of LeBron. We've seen the path where he went from being a guy that always had to go to the basket to now he's a guy that, he can do all of it, and you have to think maybe over the next couple of years or the next 10 years, hopefully, we see Zion's career kind of develop in that same way of he's, he knows he has that ability to go down low when he needs to, but over time it's going to wear on him and wear on him, so he's going to have to develop that ability to be able to you know stop, take the jump shot, really be mental about it. And I feel like the upside is Zion used to play point guard. That's a skill set that's not going to go anywhere. So it's just going to make it even more valuable that he can literally, if it is wearing on him to be down there, you can put him up at the top. He can shoot it well enough, he can distribute, and he can get to the basket. He's one of those guys that, like LeBron, there's not enough content for us to be able to make a judgment, but I do agree with you that I think in 10 years he probably is one of those top five guys that we've seen over the last 15 years that we are going to have to keep talking about. For what he is, and the thing is, there's the other two are LeBron and Giannis. I'm interested who the like, who the uh, the, the two leftovers are going to be, but maybe who do we know? They may not have even started playing yet. A lot of people want to say it's Luka Doncic, and it very well could be.
1: No, that's, that's fair. It's a. Uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time we have that conversation. I'll put or, it that
0: way. I can guarantee you it won't. Um, moving on. This is the one. <clears throat> it's a little weird. We're in March, and we really haven't talked college basketball we've circled around it what was talking about beeline and bringing up you know michigan state having their up and downs and obviously when juan howard was hired for michigan we 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 had we've had brief conversations but we really haven't dove into it very much to talk about it and we're mere days mere days away from march madness kicking off we probably should have a little bit of a conversation just a little one it doesn't
1: might be worth talking about
0: so obviously when when the brackets come out and all that we'll do our usual we'll go through the brackets we'll make our predictions all that so I don't want to get too spread out here I figure we just let's keep it in state let's stay in the mitten here so I want to ask you Russ and you can pick either team whichever one you want to start on it's fine with me if I had to ask you right now blindly you don't get matchups you don't get anything you just get what we've seen so far let's we'll, we'll, let's assume that the seeding doesn't really matter they can be a one they can be a 16 I don't think either team. Is going to be either of those? I think they're going to be middle of the pack. But if you had to guess, how far do you see these Michigan teams going in this year's tournament?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, I know. That's why I asked it. Yeah, hey, you know what? I'll give you a little bit of credit yeah, on that one. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm going to – I will take the Spartans because, um, spoiler, I think they'll go further. Yeah. Um, Right now, I I kind of see them falling somewhere in that three to four seed, mm-hmm. um, based on the hey, if you just look at straight AP poll, yep. they land at a four. If you look at efficiency ratings, they land about where a three seed typically ran, uh, typically lands. So, a hey, you're in four, um, you should be able to walk through your first matchup, uh, second one. Eventually, you're going to hit the one, and I don't think they're going to be as, as Good as Cassius Winston seems to be, um, and, and seems to be carrying this team, um, I don't know that they make it any further than that. So I'll, I'll say a couple rounds, um, but by the end of the second weekend, I think both teams will be out. So I guess that leaves you with Michigan. That
0: does leave me with Michigan, and I, I actually was going to pick Michigan. So you're not really, uh, you're not really hurting my uh, Not really hurting my uh, feelings. Yeah, you're not really. You're not really. I mean, listen, Michigan State's twenty-one and nine overall right now michigan's 18 and 11 so not that far overall michigan's nine and nine in the uh in the big 10 to michigan state's 13 and six so both teams playing well neither team absolutely dominating the world but the reason i'm gonna actually take michigan in this and i think both teams are gonna have some success early on but the reason i'm taking michigan is over the last couple years Michigan has figured out a way to not necessarily dominate in the tournament, but they figured out ways to win, c- just keep coming up with the wins. Whether it's the prettiest win you've ever seen or grinding it out to the last second, Michigan's found a way to do that. Whereas the what I've seen this year out of Michigan State, they have a lot of talent. I, I still, even though from the early year and you know things that have happened, I still honestly do believe Cassius Winston is a top 10 pick in this year' upcoming NBA draft. I really do. Ooh, all he's, right. a, he's a great player. He really is. I, I Honestly, I, cannot, I can really say I wouldn't be upset depending on where the Pistons land if we took Cassius Winston. We need a point guard. We need a true point guard. I wouldn't be upset if it's Cassius Winston. I really wouldn't. So, but the thing is Michigan State appears to be figuring it out right now and everybody wants to say, oh, they're figuring it out at the right time. That's all great. But the problem is in the tournament there is no best of three. It's you win that night, or you don't, or you're, you're done. And I just think Michigan State is figuring something out, but they've had enough. They've had too many problems early on and in the middle of the season that it just it question. I really do question can they keep whatever they've figured out, and I use air quotes to that going. And I don't think they can. I think they 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 still have a few problems that they've kind of put band aids on. But the problem is the cut is a little bit bigger than the Band-Aid can handle. So it's patching it, but it's not going to contain it. And unfortunately, I I just think that's going to come to Michigan State a little earlier. Now, I think Michigan State's the better of the two teams. I just think that Michigan State's whatever whatever fault they have is going to come out earlier than Michigan. And it also it All also right. falls on pairing, which we're not we don't know the pairings. We can't we can't speculate on the pairings. It also does fall on your matchup and what you get. A lot of times we've seen Michigan, who is maybe not the better team, get the easier road, or vice versa. We've seen Michigan State get the easier road when Michigan really should have had it over them. Mm-hmm. But I just I oh, yeah. really I really do believe Michigan State has figured something out and they're playing well. The problem is they just they were a little iffy early on that I just feel like we may not if he doesn't even say losses i'm not saying that they were iffy on and they like they lost and lost and lost and lost i'm just saying they had close calls they had games that should have been ended by halftime that really weren't and they were they they went way further into the second quarter that or second half than they needed to and i just think that's what we're going to get we're going to get a michigan state team that i think is going to get out of the first two rounds no problem and then you're going to start seeing that those little signs of uh-oh, uh-oh, and it's just going to maybe be do they get in a little too deep that they can't turn it around quick enough to be able to stay in the tournament?
1: So to, to your point there, okay. um, Michigan State 1-3 against top 10 teams right now. Michigan does have more wins against top 10 teams than MSU does. So that could be a little credence there. Um, but let, let me ask you maybe understand your train of thought. When it comes to the tournament, are you taking a five-man unit, which Michigan seems to be more, or are you taking best guy on the court, which seems to be MSU's approach with Winston?
0: See, I personally, um, I, I I, know I, I have an answer, but I, I guess to answer your question with a question: Can you name the last time a single-man team actually won a national championship? It doesn't happen. I mean, we see it no, every year. We see, we see these I mean, guys. Oh, yeah,
1: you still gotta have. Good talent around it. Well, no, but, like, but I'm just saying, like, you, yeah, you we see these. Steph Curry Davidson yeah. team,
0: right? Or, or like Jimmer Fredette with BYU. Like, we see these guys yeah. who they, they are strong enough to carry you past the teams that aren't a full roster. But when you hit those full rosters, that's when you, you it's over. And that's why I say I will take the team. Because it's the same thing as every year we see that. I, I, I'm blanking on their name and I do apologize because we played them to get to the national championship two years ago. Uh, that small one, the 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 nun, was sitting on the sidelines for every game. I really, I, I do. Oh,
1: St. Mary's?
0: No, it wasn't St. Mary's. I I do apologize. I, I I they they were they had a heck of a run, like a heck of a run. And every year we see that. We don't see it maybe to that extent, but we see it. Um. So no, but I will take the oh
1: Sister Jean. Sister Jean. Right. Yep. Oh, it was.
0: I I'm pulling up the internet right now. I got oh, this. Loyola. Was it Loyola? Yep. I wanted to say Loyola. I really, really did. And uh I mean, but honestly, like I, I do apologize to Loyola. You guys you guys had a heck of a run. Um
1: I, and we still see, understand.
0: Yeah, and we see that to uh we see that to an extent every year, but if you're asking me yes, I would take the the, the five man team because the five man team doesn't hinge on one person. Whereas if you go to the other side and and it's this is fair to say I don't know that anyone will argue me, with me this there are better there are good players on the team this team runs around Cassius Winston not only because mm-hmm. he's the point guard and the offense has to go through him anyway but because Cassius Winston is the guy they go where Cassius wants to take them similar with Steph Curry and Davidson Jimmer Fredette and BYU heck even you know Zion uh, and Duke they they go where those people go and if those guys don't have the game every game in that tournament. It's, it's done. You're asking way too much of guys that have not had to step up in that capacity all year. Whereas if you're a team and it's, okay, we're not Simpson, we're not expecting you to, you know, to ball out for 25 points a game. We know you're good for your, your 12 points, your eight assists. We know that mm-hmm. you're going to get that, and that's a little more attainable. But we're also looking for all these other guys. We need 15 out of you, we need 11 out of you. We need you guys to don't try to go above and beyond unless you feel you can. Just make sure you hit your, you do your duty or you do your job that we're looking for mm-hmm. you to do. And we knew you'd laugh. That's why I tried to fix the yep. word fast enough. Duty. Do, your job, do your job as best you can, and let's get to there. So I will take the five-man unit over the single guy because it's just that kind of thing. If you told me this was a tournament like an NBA tournament, like where you get more than one game to do it, then maybe I would take the, the all-star because that means that he doesn't have to be on every night. He's just got to be on enough nights but this is this is one and done this is you have to be there or it's over for you so yeah i would take the five man. i mean what about you are you taking the talent or are you taking the 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 team
1: i i tend to lean towards the talent um because it's it's a one game and it's pretty easy to lose regardless so if you don't have something special to bring to the table uh i i think you're gonna run into a good team right and Yep. Being good is the floor here. So if you don't have something special about you, you're not really going to make it too far. I mean, Virginia went and said the opposite to us very recently here. Yes, they did. Um, so I I can't say I can't say I'm too well uh, backed with this, but no, I just in general with sports I tend to take the best guy on the field um, and give that team the advantage.
0: Well, I mean they're definitely more fun to watch, but I think and, and this might just be the trend of lately. If you look at college basketball over the last. Five six years, it has been those guys that have that complete team. I mean, you've had Villanova, you've had Virginia. These are the teams that are winning national championships because they're they're locked in at every position. You can say they have a star or two on the team, but it's I, I feel like it's not a star or two to the comparison of like these big lottery pick players who are the, the the reason they're the lottery pick is they were the shining star on the team, and the rest of the team had talent it wasn't necessarily again they were going wherever that guy took them so it's just right. it's just that kind of thing i feel like in a one and done scenario i would definitely be more comfortable with the the solid 5 than the the superstar single player mm-hmm. cuz i just feel like there's a lot more room for error in that area cuz one guy being off you have four there to support him whereas if that one guy's off though you don't know that those other four are there to be able to fill the gap he leaves, mm-hmm.
1: and just, then you'll have your Kentuckys and Dukes and whatnot who have three guys who, oh yeah, who are—they're
0: just all five
1: single superstars yeah. by themselves.
0: They're just yeah. all five. Ugh. So it's it, it, it and it's it's a great debate. And honestly, like we said, we're, we'll wait for the brackets to come out. We'll make a make our little prediction and we'll see what happens. But before we move on to the the next topic, I want to ask you—they're—they're mm-hmm. they're, they're trending up. We, we we were talking about them. We were saying that they're trending up at the right time. Is Michigan State trending up at the right time to potentially win the Big Ten tournament?
1: That is a great question, and I think they are. Their they're only really team in front up. of them is
0: Maryland, twenty-three and seven. Both thirteen and six. Both teams are, or th- actually, Maryland and Wisconsin and Michigan are all thirteen and six in conference mm-hmm. play. And uh, Wisconsin is twenty and ten, one loss behind. Or, yeah, one one loss behind Michigan State. So those are the three front runners, I guess you could say. Uh
1: huh. So I actually was so interested in this question that, completely independent of you asking because I didn't know you would, I drew out what the tournament would look like if it ended right now, Um, and MSU would draw the winner of Indiana and Ohio State, Ohio State, who they are playing this weekend. So it's a game they should win. It's a game that they've seen what they can from Ohio State, and the more times you see each other, the more likely, I believe, the more talented teams going to win so we'll give it to them um and then they'll get the winner of wisconsin and probably penn state so that's that's the route that you want to be able to take last four years it's either been michigan or michigan state winning the big 10 tournament Um, last six years it's just been them and um i'm blanking on who won it the oh wisconsin won it Mm -hmm. as well so it's we're kind of used to MSU winning the Big Ten title. They're getting hot at the right time. They keep it going this weekend. Yeah, I, I don't see why you wouldn't see them as the favorite to win this, to win this Big Ten tournament, mainly because, hey, Maryland's going to lose to Michigan this weekend, right? That, that's just going to tank them. Maybe that's hopeful thinking. Hmm. Maybe that's, hey, screw you, Maryland.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. I think, they're, like I said, they're trending up right now, and they're trending up at the right time. Uh, I think they will go through, win the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they'll get it. They'll get a great seeding for uh, the start of uh, the tournament. But like I said, it's all going to be very up in the air on how it goes for them. Like they, they, it, it, have they patched everything up enough to get through and uh, be able to give himself a real chance at this? I mean, izzo has been doing this for a long time. Obviously, he's got some, he's got a title under his belt from 2000. He's been to another championship. I mean you you got to he's got to probably you got to start questioning how much longer he has and this could be the year to do it. He, he they're trending up at the right time when you want to be and um hopefully we'll see something out of it. I, I have to ask. We've both just said great things about the Spartans. So uh Justin, how do you feel about that?
1: Like I I want to have like a three-way with both of them.
0: That's it's fine. That's that's, that's oh, okay. Oh, yeah.
1: oh, fight Randy over there.
0: <laughs> it's it's that uh it's that Disney, man. He's just he, he's been surrounded by you know, by non-sexual things for too long, he needs he needs something, and it's us apparently. It's a little little awkward. I don't know how I feel about uh, it, but that's Jay's words, not mine. So
1: I'm uh I'm flattered. I'll I'll put it that way. Yeah,
0: good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, and again, we'll have to see how this turns out. Uh, I'd be interested to see. We've got the tournament coming up soon. We'll of course do our bracket episode. Uh, before we get into our next episode, Russ, we are literally next episode after this 100th episode i mean can you believe we're already at the 100 episode mark
1: I uh, collectively i wasn't sure we could count to 100 so yeah I'm, pr- I'm pretty surprised that we got here
0: listen two of you have college degrees and i'm you know i'm here so the fact that we can get to 100 that's amazing i, I love it it's great and uh we we're, we're, we're working it out guys. Please stay tuned. We're going to try to come up with something special to do for the 100th episode. Not 100% sure what we're going to do quite yet, but uh listen. I, I as I look back at it more than 2 years ago, I was I was just hoping we'd get to 10 episodes. I really was. I was looking at this thing going, let's if we can get 10 episodes under our belt, that would be amazing. I you know, I didn't know what this was going to be when it started It obviously turned into something great, but to be Here right now saying we are coming up on our 100th episode of doing this is absolutely insane insane and i would also like to announce my retirement from podcasting (laughs) after the 100th episode (laughs) so we'll see uh no but that's just a in the middle of the show preview for uh later days we're not there yet got to get through this one first uh as i've been doing lately and i i might make it a permanent thing i haven't decided if i like it or not yet I'm turning over the reins to Russ. I give Russ one segment a week. He gets to pick what he wants to do. Uh, I I don't give him options. He has to pick hockey or basketball because that's where we are in the rundown. Maybe when we get into, you know, the football season and all that, I might open it up for you, buddy. I haven't decided yet. Like I said, you're still on a trial basis. We're getting you there. Uh, That's understandable. But I gave you your hockey segment this week, and you came up with what I think is a great one. So I'm I'm not going to take any more from you. I hand it over to you now for our hockey segment.
1: So I, I guess I'll preface this with my idea to do a March Madness bracket of all the White Claw flavors was shot down. Yes. Um, yeah, that, so we come won't on, be man. doing that. Yeah, come that's, on, man. That's probably smart, but...
0: It's... it's Come on. It, it's <laughs> clearly... It's clearly watermelon. Come on.
1: Come on. You know what? That's fair. Watermelon would mix well with a number of different liquors. All right, I'm getting off track.
0: Wait, that's actually the a t- flavor. I made that up. That's actually. Oh, a I don't know, f- dude. Okay, I, yeah, okay. I assume
1: oh, I, I can find out for you. I, I don't
0: drink white cloth, so. <laughs> hey,
1: the uh, the hard seltzers are all the buzz right now. They really
0: are. They really are. Some of our no, some it, of our it, dear it, friends it, drink them like crazy. They really are.
1: It, it was a summer flavor that they released alongside pineapple, lemon, and clementine. Oh, okay. Okay. Seventy calorie White Claw hard seltzer. Um, there's <laughs> White, a pre plug. White,
0: yeah. White Claw. Call armchair sports talk. After after the show, we'll get you. We'll get you all the promos you want. White Claw. It's what you're drinking. Yeah. All right. Back on God, track. I hope
1: here. that's not their slogan. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, better
0: not be their slogan. Uh, back on track. We're right. we're going over to the hockey subject. Yes.
1: Yeah, so we're going over to hockey. Um, thankfully mercifully, it has nothing to do with the Red Wings, correctly, yeah, who are yeah. in, in the middle of a historically bad season. But enough of that. The but GMs what we're coming up with
0: could help the Red Wings, though.
1: It could. could. There, are, there are multiple ways. A <laughs> Just turning the remote and, and pressing the off button also might help the Red Wings from a viewing perspective. It does. But I digress. Um, down in Florida right now, the GM meetings are ongoing, and they are having their little workshops and A whole bunch of old white guys who look the same are off making decisions about what this league should look like and what should change. So we thought, let's ask the actual smart people. Let's let's ask the viewers. Let's ask us. What rules have have you had enough of? Do you need to see change? What rules, brand new, do you want to see added? Let's change the NHL. How do we do it? You kind of teased me earlier, saying you had some crazy ideas. I, I want to hear. How are we fixing the NHL? What rules are we changing? How are we upsetting the men down in suits down in Florida where I assume there's nice nice weather, the bastards? Uh,
0: i there better be. There better be. Um well like I said, I, I had two. We we kinda debunked one in the uh in the pre show while we were getting everything straightened out and that was the, the pulling of goalies because I couldn't really at first think of a sport where you could legitimately sub out a guy to get an extra player in another position. Then, you know, obviously we realized in football they do it all the time, and, you know, they do it in basketball. But I did kind of make the point of with baseball that you could, uh, you know, you couldn't really sub out your shortstop for, a, uh, you know, uh, another outfielder. You technically could. You're leaving a very large gap in that area for the third baseman to have to cover. But I guess you technically, you know, you, you can't really – or you. I guess the better way to compare it, you can't really take away your catcher to get another infielder, you kind of need that catcher, so
1: mildly important. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. You could just have the third baseman race down, pick up the ball, throw it back, and and watch everyone. I I don't know. <laughs> It'll be, as many bases. Oh, there's an interesting idea. All right, it's three two. It's completely tangent here. It's three three two count. Mm-hmm. Two outs. Bottom of the ninth. You're up by one. Bases are loaded. Guys up at the plate. This is the last pitch of the game. Yeah. Do you pull your catcher to go put another fielder out there to increase your chances of getting that one out, knowing that he doesn't have to catch the ball?
0: Yeah. Um, that's, it's a very good, it's a very good question. Um, God, this is a scenario that doesn't exist therefore I don't know it what doesn't, to do no. with. <laughs> um, it. Literally never yeah, happen. yeah, yeah, why it's not? Insane. I mean there it, it, you, there can't be a passed ball. So yeah, no, absolutely. I think I would. Yeah, absolutely. I think well, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you can't run on a foul tip. So no. Even if the no. guy fouled it off into the into the backstop, the guy can't run after it. So or the, the third the guy on third can't run in anyway so yeah no yeah why not it's it's not a bad idea it's just that thing it's that thing of where do you put him
1: i i don't know i, that- I guess you play you play the shift and depending on who it is
0: well you play the shift but if, if the guy hits a little blooper right at the pitcher there's no catcher to run it up so you could get away with bunting. If that ca- if, could, that, if that pitcher is that pitcher isn't necessarily great at getting off the mound, you throw a little bunt down. There's no one to cover home. So
1: and, yeah. and I'd argue that's maybe even funnier. It's even it's even more fun.
0: So yes, that was my my first one is the pulling of the goalie. But I realize it, it's a little easier said than done in the way of what difference does it make. I mean, you're, I get the point of it for an extra attacker and a lot. So mine was, and again, I I told Russ before the show, mine are both. Joke because I don't really know that this is a rule that needs changing. I just think it makes the game more entertaining, and that is, I want to stop seeing the offense all have to clear the zone when the puck goes over the blue line.
1: Oh, just get rid of offsides altogether.
0: Well, I mean, I I don't mind like on the break. I don't mind the offsides. That's fine. Like, it's annoying sometimes. But I'm talking about if everybody's in that zone and you pass back to set it up with a defenseman and the puck goes through, that defenseman should be able to skate back, get the puck, and bring it right back in. Everybody stay where you're at. It makes no – I mean, I, 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 I don't really understand the reason for it. Like, I get that it's a strategy to clear the puck. Now everybody's got to get out and we got to reset. But to me, it just makes the game that more exciting that you're now you really have to play. There is no, you know, clearing the puck – to try to to get everybody out so everybody can reset. The, that one defenseman can skate back, grab it, bring it right back in, and we're we're going again. You get a quick reprieve, but not much. And I think it just it puts a lot more pressure on that defense to really play great defense. That offense you get a a, a lot more chances as opposed to having to go out and come all back in. I just think it'd be a lot more entertaining if you didn't have to all get out of the zone every time that puck crosses over the blue line. There is no. There's no penalty for taking it out and bringing it right back in. It even opens it up a little more. That defenseman doesn't necessarily have to hug the blue line. He can go back a little Mm -hmm. bit more if he really needs to. I think it would be entertaining.
1: This is actually super interesting. So let me ask, where would your point of of change happen here, where where we basically reset and say, all right, they would have to all enter the zone onside again? Is it – half the red line on the other side, the other team establishes yeah, possession.
0: I think, I think, uh, I just, I think, I mean, I get how big an, an NHL rink is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say they're yeah. playing in a, in a, you know, a tiny little matchbox. But I, I, I think that blue line, it just, it's It's a too tight of a space for 10 people. Like, we're, to have five have to go out and come back in. And I get it's also a good it's also used as a point to you know to make changes and line shifts. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, it almost doesn't make sense to me Like why, even if that thing goes all the way back to the other goalie, to the other team's goalie, why one guy can't go back, get it, if someone wants to play up and try to be aggressive on him, why he can't go back, get it, and bring it right back in. I, I almost feel that there is no real need for everybody to have to leave that zone. The reason I say keep... Offsides on on the break, is for the only reason of then you set up that problem of cherry picking. So for me, for me, I guess it would have to be center ice. That puck that puck leaves, or I I, it's weird to explain. If the if the play leaves your zone, so if you're Detroit and the play leaves the zone to go down to New Jersey's zone, Mm -hmm. everybody's got to clear in that capacity. But you can't, you know, like Larkin can't just sit next to. Uh, New Jersey's goalie and wait for the br- the break to you know for the play to start back up their way again. You almost got to eliminate cherry picking. But if if the play is already set up and it's in the Detroit zone or in New Jersey zone and they're playing, firing at the goalie, and that puck gets cleared out and DeKaiser skates back to get it at like around center ice and brings it back up. There's no reason anybody should have to clear. It's a it's a it's a fickle area of where the change has to come and where guys have to get out of the zone. But I just feel <clears> like, I, I almost feel like if you ice, and the, the way to do it, and this is stupid, the way to do it is to eliminate icing. Because then so just, if you ice the puck down we, to the other side.
1: Inline rules, almost, almost no rules, no almost. icing, no offside.
0: It'll be anarchy. No, but almost. You, you eliminate <laughs> icing, you eliminate icing, that's your clear out. Because then everybody, they, then you definitely have time to get make your change and get back but everybody's got to get out and get back in the the normal way where you got to wait for that puck to clear the line and then you can get in but once you're in if that i guess i to answer your question in a very long way center ice would probably be the best way to do it that puck clears center ice everybody's got to get out to reset but if you if the defenseman can get it before it gets to center ice it, it should be it should be one of those things where everybody stay where you're at let me get this i'll be right back kind of thing you know
1: what i'm a big fan actually (laughs) it it actually mirrors a lot of i mean there's people more on the radical side that are like just abolish offsides. be done with it um (laughs) and you're you're giving a little more moderate response to that that hey once you've already entered you get the grace period back to center ice. and i think you're exactly right that it would help offense um it lengthens, it lengthens that zone, and it's not like you're going to be using that a lot, right? The, the area between the blue line and the red line, you take a shot, you're basically just dumping it in. Yeah. It's a very low-percentage shot, unless you're, you know, shooting on a certain Swedish goalie in the Olympics, uh, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it's something where it takes away penalties for using more space and drives more offense, and that is a very interesting suggestion. I'm I'm quite happy with how this has gone so far. I like it, but see,
0: and also to me, I feel like it's a rule that if you change it to the how I just how I just set it up, it doesn't give either team a decisive advantage. Both teams can stay. It it, it, it almost really all it really does is it, it makes those blue lines a little less necessary in certain instances. You still have it that you can't be in front of the like. There's still no cherry picking. You can't be in front of the puck. On a break, but once that play is established and everybody's on that side, no team. It, it really it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. But hey, in a couple minutes, Good. you're going to be down on the other side, and it's going to be that other team that's got the pressure on the defense. It does give the offense a chance to really, you know, set up. And I just think it would make it would make. I guess the way to say it, it would make it a lot more entertaining because it would have you on your seats the whole time that puck is in. Because you know, if someone throws it outside that blue line, it's not like oh, okay. Take ten seconds, wait for him to get back, gotta get everything reset. They they're all everybody's gonna stack that blue line anyway, so it's, there's a chance that Puck's gonna get knocked away. Now that's not gonna happen. Now if you wanna send one winger out to chase the defenseman to maybe potentially be able to get that tip, okay that's entertaining, but at the same time, more than likely you're gonna keep everybody in and you're gonna to try to, you know, attack that offense as early as you can. No, I,
1: I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, did you uh I, did you have any other suggestions or no that was, that, jump that was let's jump
0: over to jay because I, I like jay's suggestion and I, I think it's another great change
1: so jay in true anarchistic fashion Absolutely. decides no high stick penalties um for playing the puck uh, obviously you hit a guy in the face with your stick. Hey, that's still a high sticking penalty yeah. i assume i would um think. he was kind of vague in his text um but it's if the puck's up you can play it. I assume we'd have to have some kind of caveat like soccer has about a dangerous play. Like you can't hit the puck and also take out three teeth. That's still a problem. Um, but yeah, his his idea is basically use your stick on any plane to, to do anything with the puck that you can. There is less limits. I assume this is something that would enable more of those, you know, Mike-like Michigan, now Setchnikov goals where you get to wrap it around. You don't have to worry about staying under the crossbar anymore. You get to see more deflections when, you know, defenders inexplicably shoot a slap shot nipple high because we don't care about killing people. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's something that would be kind of to your point, force more offense, give you more different abilities to score. I have a concern about safety, uh. considering that cages or full full face shields are not mandatory in this league, so the it's
0: is a little mandatory, mandatory in this league. It's no. insane. No,
1: just yeah, just having a bucket on is the only thing that's mandatory and that's not going to do a lot. I mean, oh. when you have sticks flying. So I kind of think the safety risks outweigh the potential offensive benefits there. Yeah. Um, to, to where this is a little more scary of a proposition. Um, but where do you land on
0: that? I was going to say, and you answered my question, because for a minute there I blanked on how high you were allowed to go, and it's the crossbar. I remember that as soon as yep. you said it. Mine would be no high sticking. If you go above the, above the crossbar, I would take the high sticking to shoulder pads. You cannot go ab- like, neck or above. they got to call you on it. Just because it is, one, if someone shot a puck that high, like you're you're doing a you're doing someone a service trying to deflect it, but you're also running the risk that if you do try to deflect it, you deflect it straight into that guy's face. So you're mm-hmm. you're, you're bringing it up. So I would say neck. You can go above the crossbar because most people in the NHL are above the cross. Their shoulders are above the crossbar anyway. So I would say you can go up to shoulder high. If that if that stick, like we said, if that's up by the face, you're not doing anything. You're, there, there's a very 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 small chance that if that stick is, you know, six. Three in the air most most people with skates that that puck's going straight down into a goalie so I would say I would say neck or above you got to make the call but if if you want to get up to shoulders that gives you a couple extra inches depending on the height of the guy Uh, and I think but it also it hones in the skill because like you know like we said you got Zidane Chara who's seven foot seven with skates on but you also have other guys who are you know flirting with six feet with skates on so you got to have that skill to know how high you can go with that stick you got to kind of be aware of your surroundings kind of thing and I think that adds to safety it makes it a little bit safer but it also makes it a little more interesting because now there's a you know there's a degree of where you can take that stick to do these things and what I love is that this is a radio show and the entire time I was explaining that I'm actually motioning like I have a stick in my hand doing it I was horrible at tipping shots in that's why they had me play defense because I couldn't shoot I'm still doing the motion as I'm talking to you now. And these people in the studio are staring at me right now. Hello. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I would say, sh- I would hey, say, course, shoulder, everyone yeah. may
1: have lost his mind. Uh,
0: I would say shoulder, shoulder high, any, anything above that. You're just, you're, you're running too much of a risk. And I feel like you're almost opening the door for more injuries than we already have.
1: That, that's fair. And I, I like that. It, it opens it up while being a little more moderate and not hmm. just being complete chaos. Um, the only, Concern I have is we're going to make another judgment call be put in the hands of these refs. That, dear God, if I see another offside review, we're already struggling. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> so, I,
0: and I and I realize like in our efforts to solve problems, I probably helped with the problem a little bit, but didn't solve it all the way. So that that's partially on me, and I I, I do apologize for that. But uh, <laughs> I just I I, I you, you pointed it out that like while it's great, these these guys have. Like plastic buckets on their head. They don't. They're and most of these guys, a lot of them wear visors, but not everybody chooses to wear a visor. Some of them want to be as close to Gordie Howe as they can, and you know, have nothing on there, and that's great. But I also would like to be able to see when I'm 50. Uh-huh. These guys don't seem to care for that. So uh, I, I know I don't. I don't remember your helmet, but I, I know for a fact I have a visor on mine just for the safety reasons. If I'd love to be able to see. So and we're playing with a rubber puck, not one of those heavy ass hockey pucks. So. Yeah. I just personally think that safety has to be the first thing, and while it would be great to be able to take that stick as high as you want and pull the Sean Avery and just wave it in front of people, uh, I, I don't think that – I feel like that's going to cause more problems than it is solutions, and while we'll enjoy it to some aspects, you're opening up a whole other door of injury. I mean, I'm sorry, Jay, mm-hmm. you had a great idea, but I just <laughs> – I, I had to pick – uh, Yeah, It's a great idea, but like I feel like – it's kind of like mine. I I have a great idea, but there has to be some refining to it. Otherwise, like you said, it's JCC, and all you got to do is just, you know, you can whack the puck anywhere you want. There's not going to be a penalty. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I like Jay's idea, and I think there's something to do with it. It's just a question of there has to be some refining and some fine-tuning, and I think it's an idea that we could really make work. Now, again, we have no say in the NHL rules whatsoever, but we're assuming for a minute that someone in the NHL is listening and going to take our
1: advice. Well, let's hope if they would if they'd return my calls, we'd already be here by now.
0: That's (laughs) why they know your number by now, man. You got to change it up. Get a burner. I will
1: change it up. Okay. I'll get three or four of them. There you go. Um, I'll, I'll just call Pierre Dorian asking for a trade. I hear he answers (laughs) everybody and gives them whatever they want. Never know. Um, But speaking of trying to solve a problem and just creating more problems, um, Jumping over to my first idea, I Mm -hmm. want to address the fact that the NHL decided, hey, we're going to get rid of ties, but that means when you go to overtime, no matter what, both teams are going to get one point, the winner will get one over. Um, The problem, of course, being then that equals three, and if a game ends in regulation, that ends in two, and the NHL is the only major sports team that we have no idea how much a game is worth in standings points before the game starts, which is absolutely asinine. Um, other sports have dealt with this. Other sports have handled it much, much better than the NHL has. Make every game worth three points. If you win in regulation, three points. Good job. Um, If it goes to overtime, you can still have both teams get their one point, winner gets two. This way, we not only have a static number of points, so we know how much it'll take to get to the playoffs on average. Um, It's actually logical for a change, and we get rid of some of this false parity that the NHL tries to do and, and make no mistake that's why it is like it is because they want to keep as many teams quote unquote in the playoff hunt until the end of the season never mind that hey the trade deadline's super exciting and if that gap's wider more teams will admit they're not making the playoffs they're more likely to sell we're more likely to see exciting trades which again is exciting so there's, I, I, I don't really see a reason why they, they would keep it like this. Maybe you can enlighten me if you have an idea. But I would love to, an actual useful point structure. Make everything worth three points.
0: I got you right here. No, I, I I got you right here. And you're going to okay. love this. I agree with you on the three points. But let's make it a little more interesting. Because okay. I think we've all agreed. Three-on-three three hockey in overtime is fun to watch. It's suspenseful. Yep. Much but
1: it's better than the shootout.
0: It's fun to watch. So mm-hmm. here's what I got for you then this 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 might be creating more anarchy and i apologize for it you play You'll your regular don't no, you play your regular game yep. okay play your regular game at the end of it the winning team gets a point okay but at the end of the regulation you play a 5 minute 3 on 3 5 minutes is the time whatever the score is at the end is but if you can get to 3 you get the extra point
1: Run run this by me one more time. I, I need to make sure I, I digested this. So you get through regulation.
0: Get through regul score could be whatever, eight nothing. Right.
1: Okay. You're giving you're giving, you're giving you win. other
0: teams. You get your two points. Yeah, you get your two points. You're giving the other team and, and yourself a chance to get the extra point. So you could lose eight nothing and still potentially come out of this game with a point. If every <laughs> for every it's game you play at the end of it, you play a five minute three on three or first to three, whichever you get to first, whether it's three goals or the end of the five, and it could finish one nothing. But whoever wins it gets a point. So you get three points. There's three points up for grabs in this. It's just a question. Right. Of you can walk away with three. You can walk away with zero. You can walk away with two and one.
1: So you basically took my stance of standardizing the points for every game, mm-hmm. and then you gave it LSD and set it loose in a kindergarten. Yeah, I did. <laughs>
0: But we we we're trying about ways to make this more entertaining. Now, listen, you could do it. You could backtrack that all the way through. You could just say right. that. Uh, you could say that the the points don't change. Say that it's uh, winning team gets two. Actually, you mm-hmm. could do that. You really could. Three points. Three points if you win it outright. Three okay. points if you win the game outright. Goes to overtime. You do, uh, for the winning team gets two. Okay. The then that little overtime thing, or not the not winning team. The winning team. I, I see. I have. To, I'm trying to think of how to work this out, and it's not really working.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you still po- seem to be doing a better job than the NHL front you, office has so you, far.
0: You posed a question, and now it's got so many things going through my head right now. <laughs> um, it's just something of Go I'd ahead, like it. I'd like it to be more. You. I'd like there to be more of the three on three than shootouts. Okay. So I'm trying to think of a way where it incentivizes it that that extra points there. So yeah, I, I like my idea better. Just no matter what the <laughs> outcome is play three on three at the end of it. And, but I think it also, it, it's that point. Cause it, those, those, those uh, teams that are really in contention, they're going to want that point that every point helps. But at the same time, if you're the other team, you know, if you're at the bottom, you're, you're still getting points. It's still making, it still makes the the race a little more competitive because you could, I mean, it's it's weird to say you could lose every game of the year and still finish the season with eighty-two points if you win all the three-on-threes. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? It's weird to yeah. say, but it, it's and I mean, I don't know when is there ever been a team that hasn't won a single hockey game in a season? So no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So no. it's just.
1: But, but the fifteen-win Red Wings are definitely giving it a fucking
0: shot. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, it 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 creates anarchy in in a good way because those standings are now going to be – it's going to be one of those things where you could be a 500 team and you still could have a, a, a quite a few points towards, you know, the standings. It's just it, – it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I like your idea of trying to come up with a – and I'm sorry I created total anarchy in your, in your no, brilliant – is that's the point well, of this. Brilliant organization. But I do like the idea of of fixing the points to where now it's clear cut, we understand everything as opposed to, you know, overtime points and all this and that. I, I I do like that idea, but you know me, I'm all for let's make shit as nuts as we can, <laughs> and uh, that's what I'm going for.
1: I I like it, so I'm I'm gonna try with this next one, my last one, okay. um, to, to come back onto the ice like you guys did. Um, I can't wait to see how you're gonna make this one absolutely insane too, because <laughs> it, it, it'll be interesting. So if this is kind of stealing an idea from Jeff Merrick, who who basically threw out why don't we have a player that can just come off the bench? Uh, kind of like a relief pitcher, kind of like a, an emergency quarterback in football in, okay. in the way that you have your two that are dressed, right? But once you bring in your third, one of them can't re-enter the game. Mm-hmm. Um, in the exact same way, say you have a power play specialist just sitting on the end of your bench, right? He doesn't play for the entire game, but hey, now you're down two and there's five minutes left. You take away one of your defenders. You say, hey, bud, hit the showers, you're done. We bring in the power play specialist. Now he plays five minutes, and he just goes all out, and he's your scoring guy. Maybe you have a shootout specialist. Maybe you have just a defensive defenseman that you bring in because you're up five goals and you don't need it. It gives you an avenue to play rookies in a more sheltered way by being able to dress them but not necessarily put them in the whole game. Mm -hmm. It it lets specialists have a role without – really being a detriment to your team the entire game. Um, It also, hey, gives more active players during the game, which should raise salaries, which should put more money in the players' pockets. It's an extra layer of strategy that we're starting to see teams move to 11 forwards and 70 uh, or 12 forwards and 60, depending on the matchup. This adds an extra layer on top of that that you could switch in between those mid-game based on how things are going. So that that's what I would really like to see to be able to switch that in. Plus, if a guy gets hurt, you have something to sub him for. Now you're not sitting there down a man, um, just because you know the Grim Reaper decided he was going to come up and almost kill a guy.
0: Okay, so you, uh, you got me now. I'm back. I'm back on the page. Yeah, like for a minute there, there for a minute there, I, I I followed all the way through. But for a minute there, I was in the, I was in the the mindset of. Can't we do that already? Because I saw it more as I again I saw it more as a like almost just adding one extra guy to the lineup card, and he's out there. But now I see it as more of like it's almost like instead of having however many healthy scratches you get, it's almost like just saying mm-hmm. here's my lineup, but here in that little box below goalie is extra man, and that's like exactly. the that's like the if if you know if Larkin pulls a muscle, we can say okay extra man goes in now and now i understand what you were trying to say i i for a minute there i i i followed you in the the specialty the utility kind of thing but i was thinking of like more of the mindset of you saying like i i i, I it's, i'm finding the weird way to to, to say it like
1: in, like increasing the active roster
0: yes then and, and, and i get that but I, right. I i saw it more of like and i have to go back to like to players that I know well, but to me, it sounded almost like saying, um, having a specialty time to play Henrik Zetterberg because Henrik Zetterberg was a specialized two-way player. He was good on both sides of the, of the play of the puck. He could play the offense and play the defense, but you only Mm -hmm. use him in specialized roles. And I'm like, I was like, well, they kind of did that already, but (laughs) right. But I, but now I understand what you're saying and I understand how you, how you were presenting it. And, I'd like that. I like that idea. I, I, I like that of basically saying, like, almost like saying, "I have my own uh, Mariano Rivera. I have my own closer." Hey, we're exactly. we're up, we're up f- uh, for nothing with two minutes to go. You, you go to the bullpen and you bring out Mister. I'm guaranteed not. Oh, you, it's weird to say. You bring out Mister. Nick Lindstrom. You're never gonna get past me. Have fun. You're, that puck is never gonna get past me uh, on that blue line. I like that. Mm. That's a great idea. It's cool. And I think it really does. It does give guys who, who m- almost like enforcers, maybe wouldn't be playing every night because they are specialized in one spot, but they're very, very, very questionable in others. Now they have mm-hmm. their niche, their, their little niches and their little roles. And uh, from everything you've described, it sounds like you came up with a perfect way to get Happy Gilmore into the NHL. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I yeah. Listen, Any, do you anyone, realize we, we just... just- a fighter, yeah. Well, just, like, you really like Doug Glatt would be playing in the NHL, but I mean, do you realize with all those rules we just came up with, we just fixed a way to now put Happy Gilmore in the NHL? There's no offside, so he can sit right there for the one timer. There's no high sticking, so Happy will love the hell out of that. And he's got a specialty role in the lineup. We fixed hockey to get Adam Sandler to now be able to play in the NHL. 20 years after he was ready to do it. We're, 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 we're only looking out for one. No, I do like that idea, though. I not not, not not trying to get too far and too crazy. I do like that idea because, like I said, I think it really oh, – my, my microphone keeps moving. I, uh, I think it gives a real opening for players who may not have been able to get up to the NHL on a consistent basis because they provided only a certain aspect that may not have always been – you almost don't want to waste the spot on the lineup because there's a guy who maybe can do everything else complete. There are maybe not as good at that one facet, but now it does mm-hmm. open up that spot of where you're looking. You're on. Okay. We're playing, we're playing the Panthers tonight. We're, we're, and I'm not speaking as the Red Wings. I'm just speaking as a team. Actually, let me take that back. We're playing as we're playing the Red Wings tonight. This is probably oh, a win.
1: Easy to put in the yeah, back. This is bullet. probably
0: a win, but this is probably a win. Let's pencil in, you know, Joe Smith, because he's our he's our utility defenseman. He's that guy who we know if we can get the lead, we can get him in the game late, and it, it, he'll hold the lead, or as vice versa. We're playing, you know, we're playing Washington or we're playing Chicago. They're gonna score late. We need to know we have that extra fresh body that can go out and he's a, he's good for highlight plays that can get us. You know, good scoring opportunities So I, I get that and I like it And it does provide a, a certain interest in scouting report Because then when the lineup comes out You can look at it and say, oh, they're taking You know, they're, they're putting Brad, Brad, whatever his name is in He's usually their scorer That means they think they're going to need points late I, I like that, it's interesting
1: mm-hmm. It really is oh, it, just, it just adds a layer of strategy Like we have the DH mm-hmm. in baseball Yeah right like like we have the closer in baseball um i will say though it's still illegal to try and kill a guy with your own skate so yeah. maybe happy Gilmore's not quite ready for the league mm, but, but maybe not if, if there's ever a chance for that you know maybe maybe you're playing boston in the playoffs and you got to take Marshawn out i don't know you know maybe
0: you know now, you know you what though you you mentioned you mentioned your your shootout specialist right yeah that's great gordon bombay gets the nhl for the triple d we're we're good to go
1: we're good to go. Gordon Bombay has beat his alcohol issues for the third time, and he's back, baby. Triple D.
0: They're making another Mighty Ducks from what I've heard, so yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? why I said
1: the third time. Yeah, the
0: third time. Gordon is just, he can never commit to the kids, but he's ready to give it one last try. Uh, <sighs> no, I, I, I love it. I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, you've somehow found a way to fix the NHL in, a, in, in an interesting way.
1: Yeah, I, I think what we've learned so far is um, – well, the two of you are going to make things as crazy, as batshit crazy as, as possible, and, and I guess that's what I appreciate about you. Mm-hmm.
0: I appreciate you too, buddy. That's great. I enjoy it.
1: <laughs> well, that, that's all we had for potential yeah. rule changes. Twitter did let us down a little bit here. We had put the ask out. So, in the future, people, please listen. This is where we would have talked about your idea. Yeah. Alas.
0: It's terrible. It's terrible. Listen. Our our one listener who's listening every week just get on Twitter and start tweeting when we put out these opportunities for you. This is your chance to be on Armchair Sports Talk every week.
1: Mom? Yeah, mom. Please?
0: (laughs) No, my my mom already blocked us on Twitter. That's uh, that's that's a that's
1: a smart move, honestly. I
0: don't blame her. Can't can't really say I blame her. I'm pretty sure you blocked me on Twitter, and I just didn't realize it. Um, Yeah, you know what?
1: You figured that
0: out, huh? Asshole. Um, (laughs) All right. As we're wrapping up the show, we have our one last segment. We do it every week. It's no surprise to anyone, but uh, I think we got some good ones this week. We got some interesting stuff. Uh, as I as I mentioned early, we'll, we'll let Justin go first, but uh, as I mentioned early, we didn't have a game of the week for Justin. Uh, we, we didn't know what we wanted to do, but uh, while we were doing the show, Russ pointed out that he found a good one. He thinks it would be one that Justin would be all about. As you know, Justin's a big fan of the, you know, the, the wild and crazy he's he's not always the guy to pick the you know the Sunday matchup or that you know that ice you know those two big rivals on the ice he likes to pick those you know the ping pong championships in Tokyo and all that so Russ you found one for us what what we what are we submitting as Justin's game of the week
1: well as Justin's game of the week I tried to channel him as, as well as I could, pulling both from his history and from his complete unpredictability yep um. Our high school, Farmington High School, has a Girls' Varsity Gymnastics Regionals oh. this Saturday. And that wow. will be Justin's Game of the Week. It's an important matchup. Regionals only happen once a year. Go Falcons. Uh, hope you like it, Jay.
0: It's a great, great game. And I know Jay would be a big fan of it. Fly or die Falcons all the way. Love it, love it. Um, as, for, as for Play of the Week... Justin submitted his play of the week very early on in the week, and I think for a minute he had second guesses because then he proceeded to submit another one, and we had to remind him he had already given us one. So Justin had had, had two good ones. We're going to go with the the original because original is always better in my opinion. Uh, Justin's play of the week, we had a little hard hardwood matchup, Florida State against Clemson. Yes, we're talking about basketball and Clemson. Just I didn't want anybody to be confused by that. Basketball, Clemson, there we go. Late in the game, Florida State scores to take the lead, and Clemson decides, no, 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 we're going to win this in amazing fashion. Late layup by Clemson to win it sounded a little something like this. Forrest,
1: teardrop. Seminole's lead. Dawes down by one with three seconds. Giant
0: killer again, All right, that was Jay's play of the week. It's a pretty good one, pretty entertaining. I think everyone will enjoy it. Now, Russ, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go real quick because I I, I think that I uh, I have some good ones, but I'm also very interested to uh, to watch you paint me a word picture on your play of the week because I'm looking at the video right now so I can roll the audio in once we're done and I I, just to hear how you're going to explain it I want to be able to sit back relax and not have to think about what I have to do next so I'm going to jump out in front of you give you my uh my play of the week and my game of the week my game of the week as per usual as the host of the show uh I'm cheating and I'm picking something that I guess you technically can't call a game of the week it's more of a tournament of the week if you will Um, I am going with, and mine already started, the first round was today, I am going with in Bay Hill, Florida right now is the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's every year one of the most exciting tournaments to watch. It's a course built by Arnold Palmer. Every year until he passed, he would be on the 18th green waiting to shake the hand of the winner and congratulate him, which, listen, if you know sports, sports at all, you've heard the name Arnold Palmer. Russ isn't a golf fan. I know Russ, you know, probably more because of the T, but Arnold Palmer is a name that everybody knows in sports. He was iconic in what he did. He was one of the most genuine people, and to win that tournament meant everything to anyone that played in it. That's what they wanted, and the field is always amazing. You have the top players all vying for it because it's a tournament that everybody wants that trophy on their mantle. They want their name associated with Arnold Palmer. So it's just it's an amazing tournament to watch. I know as soon as I get home, I have it on the DVR. I'm going to press play and watch that first round because it's just so much fun to watch. It's a dream course. Justin and I are both big golfers. I know Jay's not here to back me up, but I know he's probably right there with me. It's one that we would love to get out and play sometime. Just throwing that out there to Bay Hill. If you ever want us to do a live show from the course, be happy to do it. Just let us know. Um, We could even maybe get Russ out there. He might put a cart into the water, but we don't know. So my uh, my game of the week is actually gonna be a tournament of the week. It's gonna be the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and uh, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. We got a couple exciting months of golf coming up. Russ is very excited to talk about it. Come up, Russ. There's new players, so you got to start looking, see if you can find your new favorite player. There's no one named like Long Wang or anything like that, so it's gonna be tough. But I think uh-huh. you're gonna find someone.
1: I'm sure I'll be able to polish <laughs> up my sophomore humor yeah. and figure something out. Yeah.
0: Uh, as for my game of the week, or I mean my play of the week, uh, I already know I'm going to lose. I-, I texted Russ early on in the week when I thought the Clemson play was his play knowing I was going to lose. Turned out it wasn't his play, but still, you outdid me and found a better play. So I- I'm going to sell it as best I can. I'm going to really sell luck, it as bud. best I can. No, I-, I I think I got a chance. Young Philadelphia Flyers, Derek Grant, did something I didn't think it was possible to do. He left Lundquist. Hugging air in a game against the New York Rangers. Now, listen, I went to the highlights of this game fully expecting to pick out a play from Jad because Jad almost cost me a chance to get into our hockey playoffs because Jad was on the other team, I believe, for your fiancé, and was just torching me. Just torching me. So I'm like, you know what? Might as well give props to the one person that made it that close. But... As I was watching the highlights, I just found myself, kept going back to Grant on the backhand, making uh, Lundquist just hug air for the goal. Flyers ended up winning this one by a couple, but of all the goals, this one was the best, and it sounded a little something like this. Brad Howden sends in behind the Flyers goal. Potter Hart moves it up the boards. Powered ahead by Grant. Grant moving in on Lundquist, he scores! Philadelphia, the second point for Grant today.
1: To his wingers, and eventually they're able to get it out. A good job by Pillick to absorb a hit to create the odd man rush, and what a play here by Derek Grant. I mean, you talk about patience, kicks the leg up, gets Lundquist to go to his right, and is able to put it home. Terrific stuff.
0: All right, that was my play of the week. Now, Russ, the floor is all yours. Open and go for it.
1: I feel a little bit like a wet blanket here, actually picking a a game of the week from uh, a regular-ass, one of the big four sports. (laughs) Um, I'm going to do it anyways, obviously. Um, Saturday, we have Carolina going to Long Island to play the Islanders. Both teams have lost four of the last five, so that's a little bit fun. Um, But the playoff cut line right now runs directly between these two teams. The Metro is an absolutely brutal Division. So this game, this game itself, could have massive playoff implications. Never mind that I just like watching Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, Never mind that these two teams, for whatever reason, their goalie situations have been fascinating, that whoever New York plays produces for them, and whoever Carolina plays dies. So it's it's very different, but they're both very talented teams. The NHL also letting it be an early afternoon game. Thank you for not starting everything at 7 o'clock. Um, that alone could have been worth it, but that—that's my game. That's my game of the week. Get your hockey out of the way early. Um, that way, we don't have to fall to trying to watch whenever the Wings play. Should be good on Saturday. Yep. Right. So, over to my play of the week. Um, one young Mister Mitchell Marner, who I guess from this point forward can be known as Mitz Marner for the ridiculous thing that he did here, gets kind of an off bounds pass to him, puts it between his own legs to go. Up in front of him to the backhand, Burns Burns, who he well, he looks so lost on the play. He probably mm. still doesn't know what Marner did. No. And then slowly slides the puck back across a sprawling Martin Jones between his legs, tucks into the far side of the goal. Um, maybe the most beautiful part is Toronto still ends up losing this game somehow. And what is the epitome of Toronto, an incredibly skilled offensive team who just can't get out of their own way, Nitz um, Marner, absolutely killing it pure filth um but still doesn't let the Leafs win and that that is the epitome of a great play that's my play of the week
0: that is Russ's play of the week sounded a little something like this
1: Tyson Perry hands
0: it off from Marner here comes Matthews Austin Matthews to Mitch Marner great play great goal Mitch Marner highlight real material and some martyr magic ties the game at two. It's a great play. Going to be very, very tough to beat. Uh, I would like to say I think I have a chance, but after seeing that play, I know it's it's going to be tough to uh, it's going to be tough to jump in front of. I'm going to need uh, a lot of support from my fans, assuming I have any. Uh, and we'll see. It's great, great play. A lot of fun. That is going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. Uh, another great episode, like I said. Tune in next week, 100th episode, we're going to try to come up with something special to do for it, uh, but who knows, it could just be another great episode the way we're doing all of them. I mean, 100 episodes, we, we seem to have maybe figured out something to do right, I don't know, but uh, hopefully we can keep it going, and uh, Ross, I appreciate you taking the time today, man.
1: No, it's it's a blast, 99 in the books, hit the triple digits, man, I can't wait, It, it we'll, we'll come up with something big. I'm, I'm 99% sure we'll come up with something big. It'll get to 100 by next
0: week. That, oh boy. Couldn't say it any better. Couldn't say it any better. And uh, Justin, we appreciate you taking the time today, man. <laughs> it's always great having you. <laughs> and uh, as always, I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. That's one small step for us when Giantly back in Detroit sports broadcasting.
1: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.